Hello and welcome back. Over the course of our podcast series, we've been covering a serious and often undetected liver disease affecting nearly a quarter of the world's population, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which we'll refer to as NAFLD. The more aggressive form of this disease is called non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, which we'll refer to as NASH. I'm your host, Dr. Amin Dinani, and I'm a hepatologist who specializes in liver disease at the ICAM School of Medicine at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. Today, we have the pleasure to be joined by Griselda. She's a patient advocate for fatty liver disease, and we are very excited to have her on to give us a patient perspective and journey of being someone who's been diagnosed with fatty liver disease. Welcome, Griselda. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here and share my thoughts and my experience with other patients, and hopefully we will get ahead and start a conversation with many other patients to combat this disease. Great. Thank you once again. And like I said, we're very excited to learn the patient perspective on being diagnosed and living with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So thank you once again. So let's just start off by learning a little bit more about you. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? I am a 63-year-old woman. I am native from El Salvador and I came here in 1978. I have three beautiful daughters and four amazing grandchildren. My life is a very challenging life. I take everything very serious and do my research and do whatever I can to get well informed. And I love camping. I love nature. I love cooking. I was married for 31 years and I had to leave the marriage for various reasons five years ago. And I have been dealing with um, body liver since 2005. Wow, that's, that's a long time. That's almost 15 years. So you were diagnosed in 2005 with this disease. How were you diagnosed with the disease? Actually, I was diagnosed with autoimmune hepatitis and primary biliary cirrhosis previously to um, fatty liver. And I was taking a medication that caused the fatty liver. Well, this is according to the liver specialist that because of what I was taking, it caused me to have a fatty liver. It was uh, devastating for me since I knew that the two diseases are incurable and I have managed to learn and live with the disease. I have changed my eating habits. I eat very healthy. I avoid sodas. I don't drink sodas. I don't drink any juices from the stores. Everything I do, I prepare myself from scratch. I don't take any kind of medication unless it's uh, prescribed by the doctors. And they are very cautious on prescribing me anything because it's, I am at the last stage of cirrhosis of the liver for the last three years. And dealing with everything, it's very devastating at times because the tiredness that comes with the illness, it becomes a fatigue later on. And you are limited to do things that you were able to do previously. I have been very active my whole life. And now I am very, I need help to get things done around the house, which fortunately my children come and help me. 
And I have three siblings who are willing to help me out too. At that time, I didn't have much information, but I was a prenatal care coordinator at a clinic, at a community clinic, and I rely on my uh, co-workers to help me out and provide information for me so that I can deal and cope with this. But it helps me that I am eating healthy. It helps a lot that you change your diet completely, especially the sugar intake. That's uh, something that you have to stop doing. I can see the difference now of the fatty liver than previously. So it's emotionally devastating sometimes. You've given us a lot of information and I can feel all the emotions that you've gone through as you've been diagnosed with this disease and dealing with all the complications. I was wondering if you could just go back to 2000 and I guess not 2005 when you were diagnosed with fatty liver disease. Now, was this something that was found by your liver specialist that you were seeing at that time? Or was it a primary care physician? How did it come about? It was diagnosed by my liver specialist. I got tested. At that time, I was tested for blood work every three months. I was having some ultrasounds every six months. And they were trying to learn a lot of things from autoimmune hepatitis and why the medication was causing the fatty liver. But it's the type of the steroids that got me to eat a lot. Prenison, yes. So it's through blood tests that your liver specialist suspected that you had fatty liver disease or did you undergo a liver biopsy or did they just assume that it was fatty liver disease because of the prednisone? Can you just elaborate a little bit more on that? Yes, they did a, a liver biopsy. They did three liver biopsies at different years to confirm their fatty liver. And you mentioned that you also have cirrhosis as a result of the fatty liver disease. It's a result of a combination of the autoimmune mm-hmm. and the primary biliary cirrhosis and the fatty liver. So when you were diagnosed with fatty liver disease, did you have any symptoms at all? that you made your hepatologist, your liver specialist, suspicious of the disease? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I was having pain in my upper right abdomen. It was not often, but it will bother me. And I saw three specialists before they sent me to uh, UCLA. They assumed that I drink alcohol, that I was an alcoholic. And I got to be told to stop drinking. And I will tell the doctors I am not a drinker, but every alcoholic says that they are not alcoholic, so they didn't believe me. So I talked to my primary doctor, and he sent me to one of his best friends, a specialist, and he took about an hour and a half to talk to me. And he told me that he will find out exactly what was going on with my liver. He says, you have something in your liver, but we don't know what it is. And it took him about a year to get diagnosed. And during that time, the process was a lot of blood work. And, and he asked me to change my eating habits and see if I would feel less pain. And it didn't change at that time and nothing changed. Once they did the second biopsy, then yes, they did say it's a fatty liver too. 
So it sounds like you were already in the right hands. You were already seeing a liver specialist who was able to quickly have you diagnosed with this disease. So one of the things that I've heard you say a couple of times right now is your diet. So can you give me some examples of recommendations that you've adopted to try and improve the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? You may want to share with other people with this diagnosis. Yes. Well, I was never eating out. I, I never liked to eat out. And that's one of the things that I completely avoid. It's a lot of salt, uh, the food when you eat out and a lot of grease and a lot of fat and things that you might not know. So that's one thing that I would recommend to stop eating out. Fast food, especially. I never drink soda. That's something that should be avoided too. Uh, I do drink coffee regularly, which helps me. I eat a lot of greens, and I see the difference when I see a lot of greens with my playlists. For some reason, I don't know if it's anything related, my doctors are puzzled by it too, but it helps me. Um, I, I have low playlists, and I saute my food. I boil and I bake. I never fry my food. I eat raw vegetables at lunch and raw fruit in the morning. And at dinner, everything has to be steamed, baked, or grilled. It's easy on the stomach. It's easy in the process of the liver with anything, the additives that you might add to it. I have learned to eat without salt. I use herbs and spices, not too spicy, but spices. I bake my own bread. I make my own tortillas whenever I want to eat them. I don't take advantage of it. I am very careful of what I eat. So before I start trying to get some new items in my food, I do my research so that it won't damage my liver. I use a lot of olive oil, canola oil, and sometimes I just spray to the saute pan so that I don't have to use much of it. And the food tastes pretty good. You can add herbs, like I said previously, and I drink a lot of water. The juices that I make my own juice, I don't add anything else. And if I buy anything from the store, I don't buy anything that has more than five ingredients. I know it doesn't last long, but it's better for my own health. No, that's some great advice. So what I'm hearing you say is really trying to avoid eating fast foods because, you know, typically fast foods are filled with lots of salt, trans-saturated fats, and those are things that we want to try avoid in non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Making meals at home makes a big difference because you know exactly what you're putting into it. One of the things that you emphasized was not to consume soda. It's great that you never did, but you know, a lot of the struggles we do have is trying to counsel people on avoiding high fructose corn syrup and sodas or sweetened beverages. You know, some advice I give to people in general is, you know, you don't want to be drinking your calories. There's a reason why we need to chew our food and take our time to swallow food because it allows your body to adjust to the fact that you're eating. And the other part I think is also important is portion control, making sure you are truly eating a serving of something versus more than a serving. It's incredible how we can misinterpret what a serving size should be. So I think those are all the things to focus on as well. Oh, yes. I learned that the palm of your hand is the amount of meat that you can eat. And that's something that you should avoid too, a lot of red meat. Maybe I eat once every three months meat. 
I eat fish, chicken. I avoid tuna because that has uh, mercury. I avoid the uh, bigger fishes. I eat the small fishes, and from time to time, I enjoy myself eating some lobster. But the red meats are, are a big no. You can eat them, but not that often because that can cause the fatty liver to... I know when I eat meats, maybe I forget that I eat twice within a month. I can feel it. I can feel the difference because I have a very good discipline. I don't do that anymore. That's great to hear. Any other last thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience, such as any resources that you found to be helpful in dealing with this disease or managing this disease? Any pointers that you have or guidance? Yes. One thing is just to follow the doctor's orders. That's the main thing. The second thing is to find a group that is dealing with the same disease. I belong to several groups myself, uh, living with uh, cirrhosis, living with fatty liver. Living, so they, the same people are sharing this information that might be new. Some of it sometimes is very scary when you join first because you heard a lot of people that are going to the last stage and it scares you off. But remain calm because that's not, you can avoid all those things if you eat healthy, exercise, meditate, whatever it helps you to relax and concentrate in your own self. Get as much information from other people dealing with the same disease. There are many groups and there are very good information on the websites to find that not everything that is on the website is the same as because I have heard people self-diagnosed with fatty liver. So the first thing is just go to the doctor and go from there and then find a group that fits your desires and get information as much as you can. Can you give us some examples of some groups that you think patients should reach out to in terms of, you know, resources that you found to be helpful? Yes, there is one in Facebook that are groups that is living with cirrhosis, living with fatty liver, NASH, and Instagram. There are some groups that they are dealing with the same, they, they have almost the same names on it. And there is literature in the libraries and also find at the universities some books that are very helpful. I do go to the library, even though a lot of Things are digital nowadays, but I'd rather go to a library and get more information from there. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing those resources. A lot of things that we hear from patients is they don't really know who else to reach out to besides talking to their clinician and other people that have this disease. Having a support system, just like any other chronic disease, is helpful. American Liver Foundation has a, a section where groups meetings there are group meetings from uh, different states and different cities that you can join into. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, the American Liver Foundation website is a pretty resourceful website, which I definitely think is a great source of information in terms of disease, what to expect, and just some simple tools that you can adopt. Yes. Okay, there are several on Facebook so that people can go to. One is called Reverse Fatty Liver. It's a support group. There is another one called Fatty Liver Support Community. And there is one that gives you recipes. It's called Liver Disease Recipes. And the Non-Alcoholic Liver Disease Awareness. 
those are very good groups that you can join in and get a lot of information and you can share recipes, you can share, you become friends with a lot of people in there and feel very comfortable and at ease because it's very important to feel at ease. You're not alone. There are other people that are dealing with the same disease and there is always somebody willing to help. If you had to do this all over again, what would you have done differently or what would you have wished to have happened differently when you were diagnosed? Never taking that kind of medication if I have known that that would cost me the liver disease. I took it for two years and the doses were high. Yeah. So some of the steroids can cause you serious problems. I have most of the side effects. That's why I was taking off the medication. Yeah, sorry to hear that. Thank you once again for joining us. Priscilla, it really was a pleasure. We're excited to bring you into this podcast series to really just give us your patient journey and your perspective and really hoping to increase education and awareness. Thank you very much, Dr. Dinani, for inviting me to be part of this podcast. And I enjoy it very much and I am here to help in any way I can. Thank you. Yeah, so thank you listeners in joining us on this podcast series to increase education and awareness related um, to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. Please feel free to check out our other three episodes um, at your convenience. This podcast series was developed by NASHNET, a global center of excellence network dedicated to improving NASH care delivery. Thank you again and please tune in next time.